Welcome to the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast, the home of behind-the-scenes interviews, stories, and memories that celebrate the heritage of the great game of hockey. The Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast is hosted by Mark Willand. Today's guest on the PHA Podcast is Peter Marsh. After a prolific junior career with Sherbrooke of the Quebec Major Junior League, Peter played eight big league seasons between 76 and 84 with the Cincinnati Stingers, Chicago Blackhawks, and Winnipeg Jets. Peter notched 44 goals in the WHA's Swan Song season in 78-79, teaming with fellow youngsters and future Hockey Hall of Famers Mark Messier and Mike Gartner. Peter remains an active member of the Chicago Blackhawks Alumni Association, which contributes thousands of dollars each year to children in need. In this interview, Peter recalls key points in his career both leagues and his frightening connection to the Humboldt bus tragedy. Peter is also involved in the upcoming Drop Your Gloves event in Massachusetts on May 5th. This event is in honor of his former teammate Joe Carlvale, a fixture in Massachusetts hockey who passed away from brain cancer in 2017. Join celebrity auction host Jenny Johnson for the inaugural Drop Your Gloves silent auction evening in memory of Joe to benefit the Joseph F. Carlvale Jr. Memorial Hockey Scholarship Fund. This event takes place at the Doubletree Hilton in Danvers, Massachusetts. For more information, contact joehockey.org. Well, we're back on the show with a guest we've been looking forward to speaking to today, Peter Marsh, a former NHL player with the Blackhawks and Jets, as well as a WHA standout with the Cincinnati Stingers. Peter, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Peter, you had a prolific junior career up in Sherbrooke. You were the uh, first pick of the Cincinnati Stingers in the WHA draft, also drafted in the second round by the Pittsburgh Penguins. You chose to go, go to Cincinnati. I was curious your thought process of choosing the WHA over the NHL at that time. Well, it's uh, at that time, uh, the World Hockey League, uh, they, were, um, they were signing players uh, – younger than the NHL was. And, uh, you know, they're trying to make a name, trying to get the young and up-and-coming stars. I mean, you know, Gretzky was there, Mark Messier, uh, Mike Gardner, um, just to name a few. Um, you know, Birmingham had a had a bunch of, uh, you know, underage young players too, and uh, they were trying to make a, a name for themselves. And, uh, you know, I don't... Uh, you know, I wanted to uh, play, and obviously they, you know, they offered me a much bigger contract than uh, than the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, offered. But you know, in hindsight, it's you know, I never, you know, when you're young, 18 years old, and you just, uh, you know, you're always looking, wow, this is it, and you know, I get a seven year seven year contract, but you know, I didn't look down the road far enough and think, wow, is the WHA going to be here in seven years? Nice. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget anything. I had three great years in Cincinnati and, uh, um, met some, uh, great people, great friends, still keep in touch with, uh, Blaine Stoughton down there. And, uh, um, you know, I don't get back to Cincinnati as often. Um, but, uh, no, it, uh, we we had a great time. It's you know you're you're young and uh, you know you got some money and a bright red uh, fancy car and you're you're living the you're living the dream. <laughs> right. Well, that first that that first year in Cincinnati was was a great year. The team was really 
uh, rolling Coach Terry Slater, offensive style, Blaine Stoughton, uh, Richie LaDuke, Rick Dudley, Dennis Sobchuk. You fit yeah. right in. Had to be a lot of fun in your rookie year um, with, with a team like that. Very colorful squad. Yeah, it uh, you know it certainly was, and uh, you know they came up with uh, um, all these kind of things. We had the bunny line with Blaine Stoughton, and uh, um, oh, I think uh, um, Greg Carroll and a few other guys. Uh, and uh, you know, then we had uh, this one guy they called him uh, Machine Gun Abby, uh, Dennis <laughs> Abgrell. <laughs> Every time he'd score a goal, he'd turn around and tend to shoot the machine gun but uh no no we uh we had great times there it's uh you know it was it was a big difference coming from uh you know montreal where i played my junior hockey in sherbrooke for the beavers and you know it's uh, a whole different um you know mindset going to you know a, a team so far away from home and uh but uh you know you meet so many good good guys you all take care of yourselves and uh you know, it uh, it was a lot of fun. It's kind of a shame, you know, that you had that great year, and then you had the first round loss at the in the playoffs against Indianapolis, the triple overtime game uh, that, that uh, Gene Pekosh ends. And I actually, I've told this story before, but I actually listened to that. I lived in Massachusetts. I actually listened to the game on WLW uh, all throughout hoping that uh, my stingers could pull that one out. Uh, and uh, Gene Pekosh scored the winner. The game that seemed to go on forever, but um, you know, from that point on, the, the Racers went three in a row. You get into the off season, and there's talk about potentially going to the NHL. Robbie Fatorik gets signed, Pat Stapleton gets signed, and the next season is looking very, very bright. But it didn't. Nothing clicked that next year, and by halfway through the year, about half the team was traded. Uh, Jacques Demers is the coach at the point. At that point, little difference, oh, a big difference in in style from Terry Slater. Can you talk a little bit about that uh, that next year that things seem to uh, get off track for the franchise? Well, it uh, you know they uh, they brought in uh, Jacques Demers. He was uh, um, you know a young and up and coming coach and went on to have a great great uh, long career in in the National Hockey League. And you know he was he was a young guy also and. You know, I don't. <laughs> I think you know a lot of us were were young, eighteen, nineteen years old, and um, you know it was uh, you know just trying to stay focused. And uh, I, I remember we'd go on road trips, and uh, we'd leave Cincinnati, and we'd fly out of uh, I think it was Lincoln Airport on an old DC three, and uh, you know we'd go to Birmingham, Houston, San Diego. Um, then uh then head up uh, and phoenix don't forget phoenix in there and then head up and go and play in uh winnipeg and calgary and edmonton and uh and circle back and play uh quebec and hartford and then get home uh, throw throw all your clothes in the in the laundry and you'd have to do it all again in another week or so right oh it was you know it's it's a long long season and uh um, you know, that's just the, the way it goes. I mean, you know, you look at uh, some of the players that uh, that were on uh, Cincinnati at that time, and, you know, they went on Mike Leute and Mike Gardner, uh, obviously Robbie Fatorik and uh, Jamie Hislop uh, had a great career up in Calgary. Um, you know, we had uh, 
we had all the makings. I don't know if, uh, you know, if all uh, the gel or jello was put in the right spot at the right time. Right. Um, speaking of that 77-78 season, you had a, a memorable game that the franchise did down in Birmingham on Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, where things got out of hand, things got out of hand uh, right off the draw. Can you recount that game a little bit? Uh, I I can't remember the score or anything, but all I can remember is dodging uh, Jack Daniel bottles uh, that were being thrown <laughs> from the upper balcony onto the ice. So we all kind of scattered. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> that's about all I remember of that game. It was, uh, you know, it really did get out of hand. But you know. It's, uh, you know, it's the way it is. They're, definitely, they're uh, not all that. <laughs> definitely a different time. Uh, but I remember yeah. listening to the game and listening to Andy Mac Williams, the voice of the Stingers, going yeah, going sure. going ballistic uh, as the <laughs> as the Bulls seem to pick out a player on the opening faceoff and jump jump guys and Jacques Demers through the stick rack out on the ice and. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, going into the last year of the WHA, you really prosper. You have over 40 goals. Um, and a couple of young kids come in to join you who go on to Hall, uh-huh. of, Fame, Hall of Fame careers. I want to get your impressions back then of, uh, first of all, young uh, Mark Messier. What are your thoughts of him when you saw him? You know, he had one goal in 55 games or 52 games, so he was just getting his career started. But did you see the elements that would make him a Hall of Fame player eventually? You, you definitely had the size. He had the, the skating ability. And, again, he was just a, you know, a, a young, young man. And uh, you, could see, uh, you could see that uh, he definitely you know, had the potential. And Mike Gardner, he was, uh, you know, just an amazing skater and would always, you know, go to practice and, uh, you know, always doing skating drills would always be the first to, you know, from one end to the other. And he just put so, so much work into a dedicated hockey player, great young man. And, uh, you know, he, uh, believe he went up, um, played, uh, played for Washington, played in Toronto, and, right. uh, you know, had had a great great career, and uh, you know, it's uh, it was fun to be able to look back and say, "Geez, I remember those kids." It was, oh, absolutely! Uh, it was it was a lot of fun, and um, the funny thing was after that year, I had a you know, I had like I don't know forty something goals, and uh, Birmingham and Cincinnati were the two teams that didn't make uh, uh, into the expansion draft. And uh, so those, uh, all those players on those two teams were put into a supplementary draft. And uh, um, I believe uh, Winnipeg had the first pick. And I can remember my agent uh, calling me and um, asking me, he says, Winnipeg has the first pick. Where do you want to go, Winnipeg or Edmonton? Uh, Glenn Sather, the coach at the time in Winnipeg, loved me. and um and the only reason I said Winnipeg is because uh, my family had lived out there for two years in, in you know, in the right. middle 60s. And uh, uh, I just, you know, I said, well, Winnipeg. <laughs> and I'll, to this day, I go, Pete, that was the worst decision you ever <laughs> made in your life. <laughs> well. And Edmonton goes out and wins four or five Stanley Cups. It was, uh, but, you know. You can't uh, change time, and uh, you know you never know what 
what could have happened. But, you never uh, know. And Winnipeg was a yeah. great city <laughs> at, at that time. It certainly is now. Um, but, you know, speaking of that first year with the Winnipeg Jets, um, I, first year expansion, <laughs> the team was, was fleeced in the, in the whole uh, amalgam. You lose Kent Nielsen, Rich Preston, Terry Ruskowski, and, and others. Now you've got uh, your your and the, I think they get the last pick in the draft that year too. So it wasn't like yeah. it, was, it wasn't as it wasn't like it was was with Las Vegas these days. It's like no, back then you had to start from not. the bottom. So uh, yeah, t- talk a little bit about that that year. It had to be a struggle, a lot of losing, a lot of oh. a lot of tough nights. Uh, what, what were your thoughts thinking back at that year? <laughs> well, we had John Ferguson as the general manager, um, Tommy McVie as the coach. And, uh, gosh, I think we lost or we did not win a game for like 30 games in a row. It was, you know, we either, you know, at that time there were ties, but, uh, I don't think we had a victory <laughs> like 30 games. It was, uh, it was, it was hard. It was definitely hard. And, you know, yeah, it was too um, bad too, because it's such a, uh, it had so much success in the WHA and had the elements, had the team come over intact, and, oh yeah, you know you, you yeah. had a you, you know, had, had Bert Nielsen, Bobby Hall was there uh, briefly. Um, yeah, oh no, they had, uh, but you know, but uh, those uh, guys all went on, and Hedberg and Nielsen, uh, they went to the Rangers, and they right. had successful careers. And, and, uh, you know, it, uh, you know, and coming from Cincinnati to Winnipeg, I mean, you know, that's their. Hockey's their holy grail up there, and right. not that Cincinnati were were not, uh, you know, unknowledgeable about the game, but Winnipeg was totally different. And uh, you know, you make a mistake, and you hear about it. <laughs> so, right. it's uh, you know, it's the same today in Toronto and Montreal, and you know, and Winnipeg. And look at Winnipeg; I, I got them to you know go to the finals. I hope they do. Yeah, absolutely. It's good. They deserve it, to be sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, you know, for us old WHA guys, it's always good to see uh, an original WHA city moving forward. Um, but things kind of work out for you. You end up uh, having a, a nice stretch for yourself in Chicago with the Blackhawks. But it's kind of interesting in in that 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 franchise you started, I believe Keith Magnuson was the coach your first year. Yeah, um, yeah. And you, the team kind of really turns itself around over time. I think Orville Tessier comes in. I believe that's eighty two, eighty three, and yeah. the team really turns around. has a has a fantastic season. Um, must have been a lot of fun playing in Chicago and playing with a guy like Dennis Savard. Oh, these guys are amazing, you know. Uh, Steve Larmer, Dennis Savard, Tommy Lysiak, Dougie Wilson, uh, Bobby Murray, uh, you know, just a whole handful of uh, great guys. And, you know, what Dennis Savard did uh, for hockey in Chicago, it's, you know, uh, it was just amazing. Um, uh, and, you know, Al Secord was there. They, they had the perfect line with, uh, you know, Savard at center and, uh, Larmer on the right side and Secord on the left, and it was like you know, don't mess with with Savvy, or you'd have to deal with Secord. And right. you know, while Secord's beating up or trying to chase somebody down, slip the puck over to Stevie Larmer, and you can put it in from anywhere. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, again, the unfortunate thing, uh, you know, we just could never, you know, we'd always beat uh, St. Louis and. Uh, um, 
Minnesota and you know, I just could never get past that number 99 up in Edmonton. So. <laughs> right. You weren't alone, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, we, I sure, certainly wasn't alone. What do you think? We, we think of Chicago. One guy you get to play with there, a hockey hall of famer and a legend, gold, legendary goaltender, Tony Esposito. Tony O. And, oh, yeah. uh, what, did, what are your memories of, uh, of Tony O? Uh, Tony was actually in the old stadium uh, when I first got traded there. Uh, they put me. They sat me right beside Tony, and uh, <laughs> one day I, I wore, you know, a pair of uh, leather pants that I had gotten in uh, Cincinnati. And uh, <laughs> when I got in from uh, from practice, there's my leather pants on, on, in front of my stall, and Tony had taken his goalie skates to him and cut them all to shreds. <laughs> oh, but he and I became even. Uh, when I was uh, finished playing and Tony was done, we both lived in the same town, and we would uh, we'd end up playing racquetball every single morning. And, you know, we, we used to hang around together and tip a few together. So it was, uh, it was a good man. And, he, uh, you know, I still run into him uh, here in Chicago. He's obviously an ambassador for the team. And, uh, right. um, you know, so we still kind of laugh at uh, – Laugh at the same old things and stories <laughs> and whatnot. <laughs> he hasn't changed either, you know. But that uh, was uh, was a lot of fun. We had, a, we had a good group of guys, and still, you know, to this day, I still keep in in touch. And you know, I'm headed out to play golf today with a uh, ex teammate of mine, Reggie Kerr, who lives here, and um, you know, another Brian Noonan who played here, right. Uh, but, uh, another Boston guy, so uh, right. I'm, I'm yeah. assuming you. So you're you're active with the uh, Blackhawks Alumni Association. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, I'm on the on the board. Uh, we have our president Cliff Coyle, and uh, um, there's myself, Reggie Kerr, Grant Mulvey, Troy Murray, um, uh, that are on you know on the board. And you know, we just had a meeting last week, and uh, you know, it's. Uh, we we raise money. We give uh, scholarships out uh, every year in the name of Keith Magnuson, and uh, we just uh, gave our hundredth scholarship in thirty years. Wow. Out. Uh, st- started out with one scholarship for a thousand bucks a year for four years, and uh, and uh, now we're up to uh, seventy five hundred dollars a year for four years, for, and we give them to three three kids three deserving athletes high school athletes in the chicago area that's outstanding so it's, uh, yeah it's uh, it's been it's been good uh, um you know of course uh, when we all heard about this horrible horrible tragedy in humboldt saskatchewan where um cliff quarrels from saskatchewan and a bunch of you know number of our other members are and uh, um you know, I, I called Cliff Coral and asked him about it. He had just had uh, back surgery, and mm-hmm. uh, he was just recently out of the hospital. And, uh, um, you know, whenever, um, you know, a tragedy or something like that happens or, you know, a former player passes away, whether, you know, be in any city, um, former NHL player or whatnot, we, you know, we would always send uh, – um, you know, a floral arrangement and that. And I go, Cliff, we got to do something a little bit better here for uh, this humble team. And I was in tears, as I know a lot of other people were. Um, and uh, so uh, we jumped on it and gave a $10,000 donation to the 
GoFundMe page, and uh, oh, that's you know, beautiful. It just took off from there. Yeah, well, that's so what it's, it's all about. Uh, you guys are, yeah. you know, obviously doing great work, which really was—it's really what it's all about. I mean, it, I, I, yeah. I work closely with the Bruins <laughs> alumni, and mm-hmm. to be able to go out there and use the fact that you've played hockey at the highest level, but utilize that post career to help those in need is is outstanding and with that in mind peter you'll be coming up uh, our way uh, on may 5th for a mm-hmm. very special event uh the joe carlovale memorial Ho- hockey scholarship fund it's the drop your glove event drop your gloves event um up here in middleton massachusetts uh, can you talk a little bit about Joe? You, you played with him in junior hockey, and uh, your involvement in this in this event. Yeah, it's uh, we're actually getting uh, um, uh, probably seven or eight at least uh, members of our old junior hockey team, the Sherbrooke Beavers, that are all coming in for this event. And uh, it's uh, Joe Carville was my roommate in uh, in Sherbrooke where we lived. We all lived in the, in the same house. It was an old, um, where they used to train priests. Uh, um, <laughs> and it was right across the ring, uh, right across the street from, uh, the arena in Sherbrooke. So it worked out perfectly. And, you know, we all, we had uh, two to a room and we had bunk beds in there. It, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's going to bring back memories. I know, uh, I believe in 1974 it was uh, our our junior team had a horrible horrible bus accident and uh, we uh, we lost a teammate Gaetan Padizzi, um died in it. We had several other players that were very seriously injured and uh, yeah, I didn't know that. So yeah, it's uh, you know you can go back and look at it. it was uh, we were on our way to Shakutami, Quebec, and uh, uh, hit some black ice and. Uh, bus went off and you know it, it was a total total disaster they actually had a write-up in the paper about it just recently you know the the worst tragedies in canadian sports history and you know it was right there so this uh humble tragedy as bad as it was for for everybody in the hockey world and beyond really resonated with you because you've 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 seen up close that type of a traumatic yeah, event and you're involved in that. That's amazing. I yeah. do not know that. And yeah, and I am so looking forward to seeing, you know, these guys, Richard Mulhern, uh, is coming in, Jerry Gillis, uh, uh Mike Brisebois, um, Rich Sirwa, um, you know, Floyd Lahash, uh, Bobby Simpson, Jerry Gillis. And these are all players that, you know, that we played with in, in Sherbrooke and, you know, we had a great, great hockey team. Uh, we went to the Memorial Cup in 1975-76, um, I believe. And uh, so we, and we all, this is good. I haven't seen some of these guys in, you know, 15, 20, 25 years. So um, really looking forward to it and, uh, you know, helping Joe passed away about a year ago, um, you know, brain cancer. And, you know, far too young and just uh, a wonderful, wonderful guy and, um, his uh, his daughters are putting this on, and uh, it's it's going to be a great thing. I, you know, really can't wait. I I believe uh, um, Rennie Rancor is going to be singing the national yes, anthem. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and by the way, I got to tip my hat to all the people in the Boston area for you know watching Game Seven uh, of the game uh, the other night and. Uh, 
they'd come and have a, uh, a, a moment of silence for those uh, tragedy in Toronto and uh, that just happened. And just a classic move by uh, a classic town. And, uh, you know, Boston area is just so much like Chicago. And, uh, you know, it's, that's the way it is and the way it should be. So no, my hat's sorry. off to everybody in the, in the Boston area. Well, we uh, appreciate that, and our hats off to you and your teammates for uh, helping out Joe's family with what will become a very successful annual event. We look forward to meeting you on uh, May 5th. Yeah. We'll actually be there, and really want to uh, say thank you uh, to you to, for sharing some memories today and for your work to uh, to help those in need uh, everywhere, and especially uh up here on the 5th and 6th for the Drop Your Gloves event. And by the way, fans, just a reminder that if you need more information about the uh, Drop Your Gloves event, just go to uh, joehockey.org. Peter, thanks again, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Can't wait. Love to. Uh, can't wait to see it, and uh, i got to root for the Bruins now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks, Peter. All right, bye. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Have a, have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast. Be sure to visit us at ProHockeyAlumni.org.